Welcome to the Pup Sports Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Alford. I'm coming to you from Studio B with another alumni interview. Now, this fine young lady that I had the ability to sit down and talk with went by the name of Adi Gildan. She graduated back in 2015 and uh, was quite the basketball player, won back-to-back state titles in 2014 and 2015, and then went on to play at the University of Oregon. So I went ahead and sat down and talked with her about her time at prep, those that impact her at prep, then her career at Oregon, and now what her life is like after college and what she's doing right now. Some pretty exciting stuff. So without further ado, I give you Adi Gildan. Graduated from prep in 2015, played college hoops at the University of Oregon, and apparently is quite the three-on-three basketball player. It is an honor for PSP to welcome Adi Gildan to the show. Adi, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really well. Really excited to take a word out of Tate Kelly's book. I'm juiced to have you on the show, so thank you for coming on. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so what I want to do to start is just go back, and it it sounds kind of funny, but go back to the beginning to what brought you to Spokane, because I always find that to be one of the more interesting stories for a lot of people is how they land in Spokane and then all of a sudden have this explosion of a career. So what brought you to Spokane? Uh, So me and my family, we moved here probably back in like 2009, I want to say, maybe a little before that, but uh, I was going to my seventh grade year. I went to Chase Middle School. And there was just better opportunity here than where we where we uh were we're in Gary, Indiana. <clears throat> and um my stepdad's mom lived here and it was either between here or Mississippi where my grandma is. And so my mom and dad they visited both places and my mom was like, Spokane is where we're supposed to be and uh yeah, that's pretty much how we got here. Sweet. Where is it colder? Here in Spokane or there in Indiana? Is, which is the coldest? Yeah. Uh, Indiana, for sure. Okay. There has been some cold days in Spokane, but yeah, it's nothing like Midwest. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely what I've heard. Now, uh, who would you say is your number one fan at prep? At prep? Yeah. Oof. I have to say number one fan is my dad. My dad actually works there. Oh, really? But close second. Yeah, my dad, he's a, he's a janitor there. Okay. So he cleans up the school and all that good stuff. But um, second close is Artie, and then goes Hall McEwen. Okay. All right. Now talk a little bit about that. What, why, I know Artie, obviously, because he coached you, right? Mm-hmm. And then why Mrs. Hall McEwen? Uh, she just followed me throughout my whole college career, made sure I was all right, checked in on me, see if I needed anything. But also I built a really good relationship with her while I was in school at prep so we just became close friends while i was there and while i once i graduated yeah did you ever have a uh a unique run-in in which you uh broke a school rule or something or got in trouble that you had to sit down with miss Tom McEwen? uh no nothing too bad i've gotten judged a couple times but that's not that's not bad at all <laughs> good no uh no sanctions on the list no sanctions oh uh- Wait, 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 wait. I feel like I might have had one sanction, but to be honest, I don't even remember what I had it for, but I do remember having one. Okay. Is Do they still have people pick up trash for sanction on Saturdays? 
yeah, yeah, that's what we did. We like cleaned up. That's that's brutal because it was uh it was either that when I was there, where we had to pick up trash on the weekends, or you had to wait around uh, sometimes after like football games, and you had to help Mr. Mm-hmm. Manfred clean up after the football games. And that was just that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. n- now another fan in which one that I was pretty close with that prep and when I had sat down with her for our episode, Mrs. Christopher, she talked about how she loved following you while you were there. Did you ever as a teacher while you were there? Uh, yeah, I had her for, I think I had my freshman year for one of the religion classes. Okay. I, remember, I think it was intro. I think it was intro to religion is when I had her. Yeah, she still has the uh, spokesman, one of the spokesman articles after one of your guys' big games uh, up on her mm-hmm. board. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. When I went over there, when I first got back, um, I went and saw her. And I also went to see Miss Plaster, and uh, she had a couple of uh, spokesmen on her, on her wall, too, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So what, what was it like back in 2014 when you won that first state title? Oh, oh, my goodness. It was crazy because we went up against uh, Mount Rainier, and, and they had the McPhee twins, and uh, it was a super close game. Actually, we, like, came back. We were down by 12 with probably, like, five minutes to go left, and we came back and won by five. It was the craziest game. We were so excited because Mount Rainier was the defending champion. They had Brittany McPhee, who was going to Stanford that year, and so it was just cool to be able to uh, win that state championship and take it out of the hands. But they were no match for you and Laura Stockton, right? Wasn't she there when you were there? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's there. We're the same year. That's pretty cool. Um, all right, then you fast forward through that 2015 season. You win another state mm-hmm. title. What was harder, that first one or that second one? Honestly, I think it was that second one. Uh, one, because we had to make sure we stayed focused throughout the year and uh, get our business done on preseason so we can make sure we made it to postseason and be able to play in the state tournament. But um, uh, we played against the game. The game right before the state championship was a super close game. I was pretty sure we won on a on a buzzer beater or something like that. And then uh, getting to that, that second game, we were playing against Inglemore, I believe, and they had uh, Deja Strother, and she, she she's like 6'5", like 6'6", six, six, big girl and she was going to Washington and so it was like me and one other post player and I'm an undersized post and so was the other post were just little compared to her and uh we played them in the state championship and uh we had to go into double overtime the first the first overtime we were like oh my goodness like (laughs) wow we might we might actually lose this game and the second one we grinded it out and ended up winning but honestly if we didn't, if down the stretch, if we didn't play good defense, we wouldn't have won that game. Now, when you say undersized, that I think you're six foot, right? Yeah. And so, what what were you going up against if you were undersized at six foot? Like six four, six five, six six. Even in college, I was still an undersized post, but uh, I'm strong and I can jump, so I helped out a lot and I play good defense. Dang, I didn't know. Wow, some female basketball players are that tall that's incredible <laughs> oh yeah uh yeah i have a teammate lydia she's actually from uh seattle she went to west seattle i believe and uh she we played against her 
in high school. She's six six, and she's on my team six six. And then this year, Oregon just got a six seven uh, post player too. So they got there's some tall girls out here. Dang. So when you guys won that first state title in 2014, coming back into that 2015 season, did you guys have a lot of returning players? Yeah, yeah. We only lost, I believe, two players back. Two or three, three players. We only lost three players, and so we're pretty young for a really long time. So okay. we had to build that connection with each other. And so was the immediate expectation, oh, you guys should go right back and win again? Yeah, that's what everyone thought that, but we had to make sure we stay focused on what we were doing before we even got to the state title because we wouldn't have made it if we didn't focus on that. Yeah. Now, she's actually my neighbor, and the only reason why I ask, I'm just curious. She went to Mead. Her name was Delaney Junkemeyer. Did did yeah. she play, or did do you know of her? Oh, yeah, we played on the same age team together. Really? Yeah, we played for Spokane Champions. We're really good, we're really good friends. That's really cool. Was she was she older than you? Yeah, she's one year older than I am. Okay, because I know that she went Montana, Montana State, mm-hmm. right? She was Bobcat. Yeah, Montana State. Yep. And uh, for you going D one, did you consider going Division two, II, Division three, or was it D one all the way for you? It was D one all the way for me. Yeah, I never thought about going any lower than D one. I even uh, visited. I visited Montana State too. Montana State one as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I. Yeah, I visited Montana State. I I was really close with the coaches, and I had three ex teammates who went there, so it was it was one of my options for sure. Okay, now uh, one other thing I'm curious about that you see so common in high school athletics, the boys' teams, football, basketball, whatever it may be, draw these huge crowds. Did you guys have any trouble mm-hmm. while you were there because of how good you were to draw a crowd? Um, no, actually, I think like my freshman, I think my freshman sophomore year, it was a little dull. Um, but once it came to senior year, that's when we started bringing the most the most people. Most people wanted to come watch us, see how we were, see who who that was playing and like winning all these crazy games and who won state championships, and so they wanted to see like what all the talk was about. And so people wanted to come and stay for the games, which I thought was pretty cool. That's really cool. So now getting back to it, I was just curious about that. But uh, you made the decision to go to Oregon. What factors played into that mm-hmm. decision to go to Oregon? Uh, Coach Gomes, actually. Uh, I believe if I if you would have stayed at Gumbag, I would have been right there with him. Um, and uh, Oregon wasn't even recruiting me until he got there. And so once I once he went there, he was still interested, so I took a visit there, and I, I love the environment. I love the city. I love my teammates, and I love the coaching staff that he had under him, and I trusted in what he, what he could do. Yeah. Um, Oregon. Um, Oregon was, like, coming off a really huge losing streak, and um, I believe that he could change it around. I mean, he did the same thing at Gonzaga, so I just trusted in him. I trusted in the process, and luckily we came, we came out on the top end once I graduated. Yeah. So – Kelly Graves, right, head coach at Oregon. He was at GU before he went to Oregon. Yeah, yes, sir. He was there for about. He was there for he was there for a while. He got some elite eight runs, some e sixteen runs, some a bunch of conference champions. So he's an extraordinary coach. 
Yeah, sounds like it. Did did he have anything to do with that transformation of the basketball floor at Oregon? I don't know. When I look at that, it always looks unfinished. What what was that always that way when you were there? What like um? It's like the like, it's like the faded and then darker areas of the floor. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh yeah yeah yeah. Like the the trees, it's trees. Yeah, that's always been there. Oh, so I didn't even they, know that. Gotta, that's, <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, they're they're trees. It's like a forest because like the Logan is like deep in the woods. Okay. And so like if you look at it from up top, it's a forest. Yeah, that's that's where they ever since they they built the stadium. <laughs> okay, all right, that makes more sense now. Stadium's been there for about like ten, almost ten years. Okay, uh, yeah. the the uh, the legacy at Oregon. You had mm-hmm. what was the final win total for you as far as career wins? I want to say a hundred. No, as the last time I checked, it was one hundred and thirteen. So I want to say 113, between 113 and 117, something like that. Wow. So, and you played as a freshman there? Yes, I did. Dang. Dang. I had no idea that you had quite that legacy. That's really cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was was really cool. What what was that experience like? I mean, like, what. What goals did you set when you went to Oregon? What was your main goal that you wanted to achieve? Honestly, my main goal was to create a legacy. Being his, being Coach Graves' first recruiting class, me, um, Maite Cazorla, who's in the WNBA now, she plays for Atlanta Dreams, and Lauren Yearwood, uh, she stayed there for two years, I believe, then transferred out to Santa Clara, and she uh, had a really good year there. But, um, yeah, just to create a legacy and change the culture that was going on with Oregon women's basketball. Because before we got there, there wasn't – honestly, when I – my our first year, there was about 900 people in the whole entire arena, and that's including the working staff. By the time I graduated, we we sold out the arena. Dang. We sold, we sold out the arena, and we averaged about – 6,000, 7,000 fans a night. So just being able to build that coaching around uh, Oregon women's basketball was amazing. That's remarkable because even as good as the uh, GU women's team can be, I look at highlights from those games a lot of times and I'll see a lot of empty seats. And mm-hmm. that's impressive that you're filling you know, Oregon Stadium like that, or you did. Really cool. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was awesome. Now, what about uh, Coach Graves? What about his coaching style? Was it one in which you liked, or was it one you had to kind of get used to? I liked it a lot. Uh, I think it helped. He's a pretty sarcastic guy, but big old teddy bear, very, very loving. Um, <laughs> but I think it also helped just getting to know him and being, growing up around him, around QU and going to all the camps and stuff. So I was able to build that relationship with him and knowing that what he says basketball-wise is coming from the heart and he's just trying to teach you. Yeah, how how long how long did you know Coach Graves before you ultimately on played for him? Uh, for about like two two three years, because I would I grew up going to all the camps and stuff and played okay. in the tournaments at Gonzaga. What was so your he's first? Always around him and Jody. What was your first kind of interaction with him? Uh, seeing him at Gonzaga one day and just him introducing himself to me, saying that he loved my game and. All that stuff. 
That's cool. So respect from the very beginning toward you. Yes. That's really cool. Um, why, why do you think a guy like Coach Graves is successful in turning around programs? Because he turned around GU's women's team and then did the same thing at Oregon. Just the culture he brings and the people who works under him. It's a huge family atmosphere. He cares about us, and he wants the best for us at the end of the day. So it doesn't matter win or, lo- win or lose. He cares about us, and he wants us to get better. And, uh, yeah, he treats us like we're his own daughters. He has three boys and 15 daughters, is what he says, depending <laughs> on the year, how many players he has. So I just think that's super cool. And, and uh, what he lacks, uh, his coaching staff under him uh, excels in, whether that be uh, defense or uh, just getting to know the players or anything like that. He builds, some, he builds a culture around him and, and his coaching staff that help us out. Do you think that there are coaches that are meant to coach um, female athletics, like you know, girls basketball as opposed to boys basketball? Does it take a certain style of coach, or do you think more boys coaches could coach um, girls sports? Yeah, I think more boys coaches can coach girls sports, and I also think more girl coaches can coach men's sports. Uh, there's a big uh, change in the, in the NBA over the past couple of years where there's some female coaches now coaching men. And yeah. I mean, we know the game just as much as men do, so I don't, I don't understand why high yeah. people make it a big deal on who coaches who. Yeah, no. I, uh, what's the what's the woman's name that's a part of the Spurs coaching staff now? Isn't isn't she? Do you know by chance? Uh, I can't think of I can't think of names, but I do know there's a woman named Jenny. She used to coach in the NBA, and, okay. I mean in the WBA, and now she coaches in the NBA along with some other. Uh, female I think that's really cool. I agree. I mean, I, I look at legacies that like Pat Summit had at Tennessee, and she could have absolutely, I think, the fire and passion she had for basketball coached mm-hmm. anyone. It wouldn't have mattered who it was. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So you go in your senior year at Oregon, you went all the way Final Four, right? Yeah, we and did. It was, it was great. Who'd you guys play against? Baylor, we played it. We played against Baylor to get to the championship, and Baylor ended up winning. What was the final score of that game? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I'm pretty sure we lost by five. It was a pretty close game the whole way, and then uh, they just they just outscored us at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At at any point in your guys uh, in your time at Oregon, did you play against UConn at all? Yeah, we did. We the first Elite Eight that we went to, my sophomore year, uh, we played against Stanford. I mean, we played against UConn to get to the Final Four, and they just absolutely destroyed us. <laughs> like to the point, to the point where at halftime we we're just like, let's just go out and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, do you think there was anything about? that particular uh, program? Is it all coaching? Is it the players they bring in? What made them so dominant for so long, you think? I just think I think it's both both the players and the coaches. Uh, Gino's a fantastic coach, and he has amazing coaches that surround him as well. But also uh, players. you got to have players that's determined and want to work and want to win. And I think that's what, he's, that's what he has and what he's always had that made him so successful. That's cool. Now, uh, I saw something when I was doing some research about you, what I could, and 
kind of cool to see the articles out there from the spokesman. They followed you through your 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 collegiate career. Did you or are you a part of like a three on three team or were you at Oregon? What's the what's kind of the story behind that? Yeah, so I played for uh, USA three on three 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 years in a row. Um, my sophomore, junior, and senior year. Uh, my junior and senior year, we won the like pre tournament. And uh, junior year, we were able to represent the USA and play in the World Cup in um, the Philippines. And it was our it was our first time ever like doing something like that, where it's like at the country, and we actually like did really well. We won the pre tournament that was in France that year, and then we made it to the qualifiers, um, the quarterfinals for the World Cup that was in the Philippines, which is super cool and super amazing. I was so happy I was able to do that with my teammates. Whoa, was that would that was that at that point in your career the furthest you had traveled for basketball? Uh, the Philippines, yes. Uh, my going into my sophomore year, we went to we did a foreign tour to Amsterdam, Barcelona, Madrid. Whoa, that's cool. So when you go when you mm-hmm. did those trips over there, I mean, you did you guys spend it as a team, go out together, do all you know anything fun? Oh yeah, for the foreign tour, we visited the Anne Frank house. We got on the like the like the the I think it's called like the canal ride in Amsterdam. And we yeah we just pretty much did everything as a team and just hung out. We were there for eleven days and only played five games, so we did a lot of tourism, a lot of touristy stuff. Okay, how many how many people or how many girls are on a three on three team? Four. Okay. Okay, yeah, so just so like Hoofest. Yeah, just like Hoofest. So uh, my junior and sophomore year it was me, Ruthie, Aaron, and Sabrina. My junior year, and then last year was me, Ruthie, Sabrina, and, and Lydia. Okay. Now, uh, mm-hmm. since graduating, or I should say, you just graduated from Oregon in uh, this year, right? Yes, I did. Okay. And uh, Hoopfest. Did you ever play Hoopfest in high school? Uh, not in high school. I did in the seventh grade. Okay. They only I only played hoop fest once. I didn't want to get hurt. My mom didn't want to get hurt, which is smart. <laughs> now, uh, th- is there a potential door opening to play in hoop fest, or are you playing uh, semi-professional now? I'm playing professional now, but I mean, I'll be back in the summers, so I could play in like the elite division, but I don't know. It all just depends on. I think you'd if be, I want to do it or not. I think you'd put some people in some seats. I think it'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, it, it would be cool. But... Yeah. Where uh, where are you playing now? So what, what team do you play for? So I'm going to be going to Portugal. I leave Actually, I leave on uh, Thursday the 19th. Um, it'll be my first year over there. I'm going to Lisbon. Pretty much I'm going to Lisbon. It's like 30 miles away from Lisbon, and um, my team name is Quinta Los Lombos, which I'm pretty sure means, like, fighting lions. I could be totally wrong. Okay. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Wow. Uh, so I, what I want to know, and I'm curious about this, because I've, you know, as you know, because you're probably pretty close with her still, Delaney Junkemeyer plays in Australia. And mm-hmm. I think that that's super cool when I find out people are able to travel all around the world and play basketball after college. Um, but what goes into that decision? Like, how how tough is it to make it in the WNBA to where the only way for you to be able to continue to play is to go overseas? 
Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's really tough. Like you got to be one of one of your top players in college, and you got to be able to score, and got to be able to do a lot of a bunch of different things. And, and um, but yeah, it takes a lot. You could get invited to some training camps, and you could get picked up on the team, but ultimately. Most people just go overseas. Even the WNBA players go overseas once they're done. Oh, really? Um, just because, yeah. So the WNBA season is only the summer months. And so um, once they're done with that, they go right overseas and continue to play. One, uh, so you can stay in shape for WNBA. But two, uh, you get more money when you play overseas oh. than you do in the, in the NBA. And so, like, WNBA players can't maintain, like, a, a good lifestyle uh, just from playing in the WNBA, unlike the men. Mm-hmm. So they have to do other things, whether that be endorsements or playing overseas or working for ESPN during college basketball season, if that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that the WNBA had kind of had that issue as far as, you know, monetary income. Uh, the uh, the journey to Portugal, what's, uh, what's the living situation mm-hmm. going to be? So, uh, so my team owns an apartment building, and so I'll be staying. We all stay in the same apartment building, and uh, I'll have a roommate, which is super cool. I'm pretty sure it'll be another American. And, uh, yeah, it comes furnished, and it comes with everything, and all I have to do is pay my phone bill and food. That's really cool. And it's cool. right by where we're going to be playing and practicing at, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, any nerves about living in a foreign country with a – language i don't know do you do you speak portuguese i don't speak portuguese but i'll have a uh, i'll have a translator with with me so that'll be cool but um i'm nervous but i think i'm more excited than i am nervous i'm just excited i can continue to play the game that i love and be able to travel the world while i'm doing it yeah now another name that i'm curious about because i know that she played overseas i don't know if she's still playing or not uh but tia presley Mm mm-hmm uh, who did she play for? Do you know by chance? I can't remember, but I know the she, team wears like yellow uniforms. She played in um, Israel, either yeah. Israel or I'm pretty sure it's Israel. Is yeah. it Israel yeah. or like Iran or something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Israel. And I think they were relatively successful because I can remember here and there seeing her team on Sports Center. So pretty cool mm-hmm. for her yeah, about she, to. Yeah, she did. Yeah, her team was really was a really good team over there, and she played well, so that was exciting. Yeah. Now, uh, as far as health goes for you, uh, any any challenges? The, the knees holding up? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing well so far, so that's good. I'm just trying to play basketball as long as my body says you got to stop. So as of right now, I'm I'm doing well. That's cool, and. Uh, what about the family? Will the family be able to come out for some games? Uh, probably not, just because it's so far away and things are so expensive. Yeah. Um, but hopefully they'll be still be, they'll be able to follow it on Facebook, so that'll be good. Oh really? Okay, so that's what I want to yeah. know for people that want to that are listening and want to continue to follow you. The best way is through mm-hmm. Facebook. The like the games could be streamed at times. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, the team they'll probably have like a a live stream something in there. It's not the or either the play by plays on Facebook. Okay, so what you could do that could really help me out is send me a link, send me something to where it's like, hey, here's the Facebook page, 
And that way I can kind of continue to get it out there to the people that follow the show and we can track your progress as you go through. It's your first season, right? In the overseas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's my first time over there. Yeah. Yeah. We, cause we want to know for sure. I want to know for sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Okay. Uh, well, I want to really thank you for coming on and what I would really love is in the future down the road, you come back after your first season, update us again. We'd love to hear from you, but uh, man, the nineteenth—that's that's Thursday, right? You leave. Yeah, it's Thursday. Holy smokes! Okay, good for <laughs> you. And uh, yeah, we'll be tracking your progress, and we'll be staying in touch for sure. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, and enjoy that long flight to Portugal. Jeez, yeah, I will. It'll be a long one. <laughs> All right. Hey, take care. All right. You too. A big thank you goes out to Adi for joining us on the show. Always fun to get new alumni interviews, and she had quite the career at prep and quite the career beyond prep, and even more so now. We're still going to have the opportunity to continue to track her basketball career all the way out in Portugal. So very cool. Thank you again, and uh, as always, go Pups. (laughs) 